friends, I'm Tanya Luna, psychology researcher and educator. And I'm Brian Luna. I always run out into a storm and yell Shazam just in case. And you're listening to Talk, Talk Psych, Psych to, to Me, a show where we take research out of the lab and into the street. Let's get into it. I can verify that you really do do that. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't no lie. I don't tell no lies on here. <laughs> Shit. Before we dig in, we want to thank a few folks who left us positive reviews recently on Apple. I'm talking to you, MG Teacher, GoGo565, Sahil Patel, 1331. What do you think that stands for? Love. I don't know. And we've got one more, Jay Richardson, the fourth. What do you think that stands for? I think there are three, three other, other Jay, Jay Richardson. Richardson. Yeah, that's <laughs> a minimum three others. Or it's a code. We can't tell you how much energy you've given us just by cheering awesome. us on. Yeah. You put huge smiles on our faces. And speaking of smiles, today we are going to be talking about the mysterious power of facial expressions. Teeth. Oh, okay. Teeth are a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Okay, all right. I'd love to start by recreating an experiment originally conducted in 1988 by Strack, Marin, and Stepper. Here comes Marin Stepper, murderer, I'm Marin Stepper, murderer. So I'm going to ask you to hold this pen in your mouth between your teeth. Oh, gross. I didn't... Where's this pen? You just give me some random pen in this pandemic? This study was clearly done pre-pandemic. Pandemic. Pandemic. That's good. Okay. And uh, I should be able to see your teeth. Oh, Speaking okay. of teeth, you should be able to make the sound E. E. Okay. So now... Uh, gonna, sorry. Is that activating your gag yeah. reflex? <laughs> all right. So maybe... Oh, it's real. It's, do you have to see all my teeth? Uh, just at least a few teeth. Like this, right? Just don't hold it so far back. Okay. Yeah. Just at the, at the edges of your teeth. Like this. <laughs> That's e. perfect. Okay. It's perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay. I had all the way in the back, man. Uh. I'm going to show you two sets of photos, mm-hmm. and I'm going to ask you afterwards which set is funnier. <laughs> what, did, what are you looking at? I'm looking at a dog on a couch between two cushions upside down with his legs over his shoulders. And one more? Yeah. It's two baby llamas putting their heads through the fence and okay. smiling. Okay. It's cute, but it's not funny. Okay, great. So next, I want you to actually move the pen so that you're holding it, uh, making like the ooh sound. Ooh. It should be like a little pen beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hold it tight like between this? your lips. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's perfect. Okay. Ready? <laughs> All right, I'm going to show you two more pictures. Tell me if it's... Just give me a thumbs up. <laughs> Are you sure this is a real experiment? Because I feel like an ass. Is this a real experiment? I promise. Just, or am I being filmed no, doing this stupid it's, thing? No, I promise. No, no, no. You can't just tuck it under your lip. You have to hold it tight with your lips. Mm, okay. okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How about this picture? <laughs> Uh, you could you could remove the pen from your mouth. And now I'd just like you to put it into one nostril, in whatever nostril you Okay, choice. now I, I want to talk to Stepper. Let me see. Show me. First, I want to see the, the thing that Stepper's in. I'm did. just kidding. I just wanted to see if you do that. But the first two, I promise, were real. So, moment of truth, which dog photo was funnier? The second one you showed me that I wasn't able to explain was a dog with a pumpkin hat on. And he was like a boxer, so his face was all squished. And his tongue was out as far as it could go. Like, he was, like, giving someone the raspberry. (laughs) Okay. So, that was not a recreation of the findings. I think that there weren't enough controlled elements to this experiment. I did it wrong. Uh, So, I had that pin in my mouth for nothing. (laughs) No. What What? I just tested on you, Brian Luna. Our trust? It's relationship trust. I, I tested our trust and also something called the facial feedback hypothesis. Okay. Okay. So when people feel an emotion, mm-hmm. what happens on their faces? No, we, we see what, exactly what they're feeling. If they're happy, they're sad, frowns, smiles, brows furrowed. And when you change your facial expression, what, if anything,
thing happens to your emotions. Well, I think if you smile more, then your body reacts to that. If you frown more, like you always tell me, don't confuse yourself. Like if I'm joking, right? And uh, and I act mad. <laughs> like if, if I'm if right. I go on that's rant. an important one for yeah. both of us. And you're like you're like don't confuse yourself. You're gonna think you're really mad. And I was like, yeah, she's right. I'm gonna think I'm really mad. Oh, such a good point. So so I think if you if you act the emotion. You're going to get there eventually somehow. Maybe not all the way, but you'll get on that path. Well, so, like speaking of acting, you as an actor, hmm. when you are portraying certain emotions on yeah. the outside, are you also then feeling them on the inside? There was this actor who gave this uh, like a lecture or whatever. Uh, this was ages ago before even the internet. And he's a famous actor. I'm not going to shout him out here, uh, Mel Gibson. And he was, <laughs> he talked about like how for certain scenes in Braveheart, he would mimic the breathing and the, the sounds of crying mm. in order to get himself to cry. So Point. before Mel Gibson, even Charles Darwin suspected that our expressions impact our feelings. And William James, the first person to teach psychology in the United States, wrote – Refuse to express a passion and it dies. So in other words, smile bigger, cry harder, laugh louder, and you'll feel more. Do you agree? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I think that goes a lot with repression in this in our country, especially like if you grew up in the neighborhood. Oh, like you, like you were talking about like people from your country think if you smile, you're an idiot. Yeah. Right. Like so like like you know, we Ukraine. always joke about that. Yeah, but it's the same thing. Like if you if you're all happy go lucky in where I grew up, then you kinda of put yourself a little as a little target. Mm, you know? So you think you're supposed to mask happiness <clears throat> and therefore you feel less happiness. Uh, well or if you feel happiness, you're supposed to mask it so no one could tell you're happy. That's what I said. Yes, then then yes. <laughs> <laughs> You did a great job masking that statement. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. So back to Strack, Marin, and Stepper. Yeah, murderer. Their study was the <laughs> first empirical evidence showing that what we do with our faces changes how we feel. So they also had people hold the pen in their mouths, either in a smile, like where you can say e, mm-hmm. or in a kind of a frown where you go ooh. And they found, unlike you, I might have screwed up with my yeah, stimuli. So what, what was, I they found that when people were holding the pen in a smile mm-hmm. facial expression, they actually showed them cartoons in the original study. Oh, so the and people they that found were the cartoons more better enjoyable. than the other ones. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's, that was tough because that that second dog was a was a hard act to follow. Yeah, That's, yeah. I mean, look, this is why you do cross subjects experiments. You know, so the same dog with sure, its tongue sticking sure. out in a little pumpkin hat, I would show to two different people. One person would be smiling. One person would be frowning, and then we'd see the differences. I would say nine out of ten doctors would agree that that was funnier. The second one. What kind of doctor would that be? (laughs) (laughs) Just wondering. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't think of any doctors. I should point out for anyone who's listening to this and they're getting kind of riled up. Yes, there was a lot of drama back in 2016 when a large scale replication effort of this experiment failed. But then 2018, Noah and team realized there was a replication methodology flaw and the effect exists after all. And if you don't believe me, just try it and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it was first believed that facial muscles are the ones causing the emotion change. But then researchers Maury and Maury, and by the way, if you Same and I guy. were researchers, uh, that's sexist. Same girl. That's binary. Same person? <laughs> <laughs> so it was Kazuo Mori and Hideko Mori. You know, if they have the same last name. Yeah. When you say... The Maury's? Like, isn't that a little you egotistical would if that it they would be a like, sign outside their my... door instead of an academic paper? No. So anyway, the Maury's realize that skin <laughs> sensations alone may be enough to change our emotions. So I'm going to try recreating... Wait, wait, skin sensations alone? Yes. 
I'll show you what I mean. So I'm going to try. Ice again, aren't I? Nope, you're not going to okay. you're not going to hold ice, but I am going to try to recreate their research technique on you okay. right now. So I'm going to ask you to furrow your brow and just lean toward me. And I'm going to tape your. You're not taping that to my eyebrows. I am. You're out of your mind. Come on, you're going to put not, tape on my eyebrows it's for science. I'm going to have you know. <sighs> furrow your no brow. No eyebrows. This is stupid. <laughs> furrow your brow. Gonna... Furrow it. All right. Okay. Uh, All right, and hold that expression. <laughs> Right. I don't think these are real experiments. Mori Mori sucks. All right, now I'm going to show you that dog again. <laughs> Which one? The one was sticking out its tongue. So take a look at it. <laughs> so do you find it just as funny, less funny, or more funny? <laughs> You're only a lot more funny, I think. More funny? Yeah. Ah. All right, you can remove the tape. Oh, you got... <laughs> and that's a free wax for you. Oh, no. So the Maury's found, once again, oh, the opposite. Oh, supposed to be mad. Well, you weren't supposed to be. I think this dog is just messing up this whole experiment. That dog is really funny. It's a really funny dog. We'll we have, have to post to, that dog We'll on post Instagram. it on Instagram. So what the Maury's found <laughs> is that having your face taped into a furrow led people to perceive images as less pleasant than if their faces were taped into a smile. How do you tape a face into a smile? Oh, don't, 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 no, 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 really? Let me just do one side uh, of your face. Just no, for do, fun. Both. Right, do just both. All right, just do a big grin. <laughs> 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 this is not comfortable. I feel like the Joker. <laughs> big grin. All right. Great. <laughs> it looks <like> stupid. <laughs> for for listeners, we'll also post an image of this maybe on Instagram. But <laughs> you look so happy right now. Did you do the experiment? There's no experiment. Is there not another picture to look at? What am I doing? No, you just were curious to see what it would feel. <laughs> <laughs> you can remove them. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, uh. So for Uh, people who are curious, I am just using regular tape. And in the first version, uh, I asked Brian to furrow his brow and I just put tape across his forehead to keep his brow knit. And in the second version, I put two pieces of tape. She my cheekbones to my forehead. Your cheek muscles. All right. Now question for you. Uh, How has facial feedback shown up in your everyday life outside the lab? And do you think people can put these research findings to good use? I remember when I was, you know, we talked about our, our bouts with depression and everything. And I remember on those days where you weren't available, you know, where you had work or something and I found myself alone. Uh, you it know, sounds like home. blaming. No, 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 no. I mean, like when I, when I was alone and I, I wouldn't reach out to people, I wouldn't reach out to friends. I would go play with the dogs. Huck has like this eternal smile on her face yeah. all the time. Like she has this. It's like, actually because of the tape. It's actually because of the tape. And, uh, and the other thing I would do is I would watch an old comedy that I love. Well, and what's super interesting is a, there is evidence that laughter is truly a medicine. But common belief is that it's an inside out kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's funny. I'm laughing. So I feel less sad. But it's actually this virtuous cycle where I'm laughing. I think it's funny. And then my face is smiling. And then that makes me happier. So there have also been fascinating developments in the facial feedback research world related to the use of Botox, an injected drug that temporarily weakens or paralyzes muscles. And most people know about its cosmetic use. Any guess how it can be used to help mental health? Would it be like in increasing the area that makes you smile like uh putting blow uh, blowtox <laughs> putting botox in like your cheeks to like give you that smile i don't think in, you know how botox works. i don't know how botox works <laughs> i don't think so I, I, so, so it, it weakens your muscles oh it kind of makes them go slack 
So dermatologist Fincy and psychologist Wasserman teamed up and found that Botox can actually be used as an effective treatment for depression. How so? Where do they put it? So they'll actually put it in what's called your corrugator supercilia muscles, which, contrary to their name, are your frown muscles. And so it'll prevent you from furrowing your brow or lifting up your eyebrows in a sad facial expression. Interesting. Hennelotter and team did this neuroimaging study where they actually looked at what was going on in people's brains pre and post Botox injections. Okay. So they asked them to make an angry face. And what they found is that they had much more amygdala and brainstem activation pre-Botox. In other words, Botox can actually reduce the intensity of our anger and can even be used as a stress management I was about to say, like less than that anxiety too. Yeah. And then one more, psychologist Michael Lewis found that having people make a disgust face made them perceive smells as more unpleasant, suggesting that Botox can help reduce disgust responses as a way to help reduce symptoms of obsessive compulsive disorder. Whoa. On a separate note, he also found that having people lift their eyebrows made them perceive information as more surprising. Would you like me to tape your eyebrows? No, 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 no. I believe it. I believe it. (laughs) So what do you think? Is it a good idea to change our faces medically to change our emotions? If you're in a a state where that's what you need, that's your last resort, I would say so. But I don't, you know me, I'm not a big tampering of the of the body to except for, for caffeine thing. and sugar absolutely and- <laughs> those things are all pure joy cupcakes <laughs> and dr pepper baby wow! i'm talking about like if you inject the cupcakes and dr pepper into my forehead then i probably or my supercilia muscles i probably wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't feel <laughs> good about that i think you're all supercilia yeah that's my that's my hero name. You are <laughs> you're really easily disgusted by the things i eat on a daily basis yeah two words yeah sauerkraut That's one word. Doesn't matter. It's twice as disgusting. (laughs) But let's say that you could reduce the extent to which you feel disgust by my food, which you refer to, I think, lovingly as immigrant food. Most of it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, okay, let's be honest here. I don't care what you do to my face. My nose still works. So here's the thing. Yes, your nose works. But if we can suppress some of your disgust reaction, the way that you interpret those smells can change. I don't think so. But but my question was you out of your mind if My you think I'm never going to find kombucha. Would you, you think I'm? A, do you think there's a, there's some kind of operation in medical history that'll make me think kombucha is not disgusting? But so it sounds like you would prefer to feel disgusted. Yeah, it's a survival mechanism. It's okay. gotten me this far. <laughs> yeah, all those dangerous kombucha encounters um, you avoided. Yeah. Okay. So yes, because the first time I had kombucha, I was told it was grape juice, or it tasted like that's just not okay, right. Okay, I wasn't told. I said, "Is this like grape juice?" And the guy was like, "Yeah." And so I was like, okay. okay. You should have heard that question mark at the end of that sentence. Well, he could have been like, no, it actually tastes like sewage. And I'd be like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that that's not grape juice. And that's far from what I think I'm drinking. So there is one major drawback to Botox that I want to point out. And mm-hmm. ultimately, when I was exploring Botox for vanity reasons, this is what stopped me from doing it. <laughs> Do you remember why I decided not to get Botox injections? Because I, I told you you didn't need it and I was loving and supportive? No. No. But that was very sweet. It turns out that Botox can reduce our ability to read facial expressions that we're not able to make ourselves, leading us to feel less stress, but also less empathy. But how is that possible when you you spend your whole life since you were a child, learning these facial expressions just goes away with one injection. So what's interesting, so. it's not like all of a sudden you can't cognitively understand the emotions. But if you look at neural imaging studies, 
your brain doesn't register the emotion. So if I asked you, hey, what is this expression? You'd be able to answer it. But that part of our brain that allows us to feel a little bit of what other people are feeling, that is reduced. And in some cases, it looks like it's not processing the emotion at all. I guess my question is, how long does that take? So they did the study two weeks (gasps) post-Botox injection. Two weeks? This effect can even go beyond reading facial expressions. In a study by Havas and team, participants were asked to read some sentences before and after Botox injections in their corrugator supercilly muscles. I'm going to have you read these sentences now. Okay. Group A. Reeling from the fight with that stubborn bigot, you slam the car door. The workload from your pompous professor is unreasonable. (laughs) Group B. Finally, you reach the summit of the tall mountain. You spring up the stairs to your lover's apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Group C. (laughs) You hold back your tears as you enter the funeral home. You open your email inbox on your birthday to find no emails. What emotions would you say are associated with each of those groups? Group A was more aggressive, more anger. Mm-hmm. Group B, I felt a little bit more happy, like refreshed. Yep, um, happiness. Uh, and group C was sadness. Yep, you got it. What Havas and team wanted to know is whether reading speed of these sentences would change pre and post Botox. Reading speed. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think they found? I would imagine the sadness was easy, like it, nothing changed. And group B was different. So wrong today. So wrong today, Brian. So happy sentence reading time was unchanged. Okay. But sad and angry reading slowed down. Do you remember where they got the Botox? In their super silly. (laughs) Right. So they couldn't frown and they couldn't furrow their brow. Right. But they could still smile. Yeah. What's fascinating about this is that it's not like they couldn't read, Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden they processed those emotions more slowly. So what that suggests is that these emotions actually become harder for our brains to understand when we can't make them ourselves. That's banana cake. That's like two weeks and you lose everything. Yeah. I mean, not everything. Well, you lose a good deal if if you're processing. Muted. Okay. So it's muted. So before we wrap up, I want to share with you one other study related to reading other people's facial expressions. Okay. Researchers Sheng and Han showed participants photos of people in pain. So I'm going to show you some similar photos right now, and I want you to guess how much pain they're in on a scale of zero to five. I'm going to laugh and you're going to think I'm a sociopath. Picture number one, scale of zero to five, how much zero. pain? Zero. Come on, guy. Three. No, two. This guy looks like he's whining. All right. Two. Two. Yeah, he just has to go to the bathroom zero. <laughs> That's it. Those That's are the it. only ones. Yeah. All right. Once again, this was a flop. I wasn't able to recreate <laughs> what Shen and Hong found in their lab. Which was? Do you want to take a guess what I was testing there? I don't know. So what Empathy? Shen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into that loop. <laughs> <laughs> so what Sheng and Han did was they showed participants photos of either people of their same race in pain oh. or photos of a different race in pain. Okay. And they monitored neural responses to see what would happen. And it turns out racism works just like Botox. What you particular- call me a racist? No, actually, oh. you had no racist reaction. There you go. And racism, that's a complex word to use. Racism is more of a system, perhaps, than I understand, individual I understand. reaction. I know what you're talking about. But yeah. you know what I'm saying. So when participants saw same race photos, their brains showed a pain empathy response. Interesting. And they so they felt some of that pain. When they saw other race photos, their brains went quiet. But not all hope is lost for humanity. <laughs> Being asked to pay attention to the individual's pain erased the apathy. 
So my takeaway from this research is if we want to feel more empathy, we have to see other humans and even non-human animals as individuals. And it's so important to remember that our bodies have the power to change our emotions, not just the other way around. So use your face for good. Mm -hmm. Any takeaways you want to share? Uh, Well, don't put tape on your face because you feel it for several minutes after. (laughs) Like my face feels really sticky. I would also say I love the idea of starting outward and and letting it affect inside. I can use that a little more. Yeah. Okay, folks, I have a sad facial expression now because we've come to the end of this episode. But fear not, we have another episode coming over to you next week. In the meanwhile, please rate the show and come talk psych with us on Instagram at talk psych to me podcast or email us at talk psych podcast at Gmail with feedback, questions, photos of your facial expressions or episode requests. Yeah, or photos of my facial expressions if you have any. And as always, thank you for listening to Talk Talk Psych to Me. I don't even have to play the outro music.